the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. is the Boys of Tech episode number 300. It's the big one for the week commencing 20th of October 2014. There are three of us in the studio. My name is Edwin Herman. I'd like to first of all welcome Ben Sonko. Thanks, Ed. It's good to be back. Oh, it's good to uh, have you back. And we have, we also have, who hasn't been here for quite some time, Justin Fenton. Hey, thank you very much, Ed. I've been looking forward to it. Cheers. Oh, we've, I've been, yeah, it's been a long time in the planning. We're finally here. We've done 300 episodes across six, almost six years, I think. Six years. Jan- January 2009, so coming up six years. Awesome. Uh, so it's been a, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> a long journey. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. So it's been a long journey. So, look, there's three of us here in the studio, and we, it's unusual because usually we're doing it over Skype, so this will be a great episode. Ben and Justin, I thought we'd start with the, this, this guy who has apparently been diagnosed with internet addiction, and, he, and it's, I, th- I think it's caused, or at least in part, by the fact that he wears Google Glass 18 hours a day. What an idiot. <laughs> yep. I mean, just what an idiot. Like, why? It, uh, the fir- the first of all, though, the thing is that some people are even not, some people aren't even sure whether internet addiction exists. Like, is it an actual thing? Well, they still argue about a lot of those addictions, don't they? Like, you know, sex addiction, addiction or food addiction or, you know, is it actually a, a real addiction or is it just a, is it a, a lack of control and is that lack of control evidence of an addiction? Or it, When it comes to mental health, it's pretty hard to to define. Well, I think alcoholism was, was yeah, a lot of people sort of treated that sceptically well, back in the day. That's actually a physical addiction though. And one of the dangerous things apparently is if you go from drinking a lot to not drinking anything at all, your body can go into shock and you can right, die. Right, right. Right. Um, so that's a very physical thing. I think if you, if you look at this case in particular, and if you're reading the article, what came through was that he had submitted himself for alcohol addiction initially, and it was only when they took away the electronic devices that he started to display other, other um, problems. And it's from that that they identified that perhaps it might have also been an addiction to using his devices. In this case here, it just happened to be the Google Glass. But it could, I mean, we see this with people every day. I mean, how often do you see people walking down the street always on their phones, sitting on a bus, they're on their devices, their yeah, tablets, to- whatever. Totally. At yeah. home, the amount of times I've seen people in their own homes sitting on a couch watching TV. And there's also terms defined for people who are multitasking, whether they're stacking, I think that's one of the terms, where they're uh, watching TV and out of the corner of their eye, they're doing something else with their device, or they're, they're concentrating on one only, and then they switch back to the other. But the fact is that, uh, yeah, we're talking about a internet addiction here, but it could also very easily just be someone who's addicted to using their device. I, I just don't understand why someone would want to wear 
Google Glass 18 hours a day, isn't it? Aren't you going to get like information overload at some point? But it's a good point that Justin made. He is also an alcoholic, a drug addict, a sex addict, and it's like he's got all these other addictions as well. So well, yeah. he had other problems, and, and well, all mean? of them were displaying. <laughs> yeah. And this was one of the ways it displayed itself. <laughs> wow. Well, he's checked himself in for help, so... Uh, He's a, what is he? He's a 31-year-old Navy serviceman, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, you wonder what he's seen. Maybe he's seen something that's led him to this. And he's hiding from something or running yeah, from something. You know, that's actually a really good, really good question. Considering what U.S. servicemen had to go through, this could actually be post-traumatic stress disorder for all we know. Yeah, I know. Right. Let, let's do a diagnosis over the podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> he needs to get a CRT monitor. Because he won't be able to watch that for 18 hours a day. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I not like without that. getting a tan. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, I, th- I think he also could get a life. That would probably help, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of those might be helpful for him. Cool. I, th- I think we've diagnosed it. I think we've, uh, yeah. I wonder if he's been recording the eight hours, 18 hours a day that he spends... Because they've got a camera in there, haven't they? That's they do, the features, they do. So. But they can only record, is it two or three hours, I think, at Wouldn't a time? upload to the cloud? Oh, yeah, upload, I guess. So maybe he's maybe he's using up the whole cloud, and that's why they stopped No, it. storage in the cloud's pretty cheap. <laughs> it's unlimited, eh? It's, it's totally it's, unlimited. It is pretty cheap. It's a cent a gigabyte. It's pretty cheap. All right, let's move on and talk about Google's latest street view, which is of the Liwa Oasis. And this one is not taken by a car with a camera, nor a backpack with a camera mounted on top, but in fact, by camel. They've got this camera, you know, the street view gear mounted on top of a camel that then is led through the desert, through the the, uh, Liwa Oasis. How cool is that? I thought it was a robotic camera at first. (laughs) (laughs) You're sceptical. You're the one with the tinfoil hat, aren't you? Uh, Was that Justin? Justin. No, that's how I've got the tinfoil hat. Oh, you got the... I've got a tinfoil bodysuit. Yeah, that might be better. Do you know, know, when I looked at this image, the first time that what, what it evoked from me was... Star Wars. I mean, that to me. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, those things. What are the they sand, called? The sand people. Yeah. The what are those em- creatures called? Jawas. Yeah. Jawas. Jawas. That's the image. Jawas. Yeah. Is, that, is that right? But it's a, a, to me, it's an image of Tatooine with the with the C three PO walking through the desert, clearly taking street view. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw it a few years ago, but in um, London there was a um, phone box that you could go into on street view, and it was the TARDIS. From Doctor Who. Is that right? Yeah, and you could actually go around the TARDIS in, no in like Street View, yeah. Um, probably still available. It was pretty cool. So, Google Street View for the Desert. Who would have thought, eh? It's, I think this is a world first, actually. Well, actually, this is not the first time that they've taken Street View for environments other than than uh, urban or cityscapes. No. So they've done it in um, in forests and in uh, underwater and in various other yeah, environments. Yeah, the Galapagos, so, yeah. But what they're saying, though, is that this is actually the first time where they've used an animal to yeah. mount the camera. Yeah. And all other times it's been on a vehicle or, or a human. But yeah, okay. Mm. Why not? Is it yeah, really exactly. street view if they're not on a street? Well, yeah. Yeah, no, they're going to change right. the name. <laughs> yeah. Oasis view. Yeah. Environment view. Right? Yeah. World view. I'd like to see a view of uh, Detroit. That'd be, th- that'd be really interesting. Yeah, they don't have too many streets left, do they? All right. Also, Apple have announced uh, OS 10 Yosemite. I've been playing around with the uh, beta uh, for a little while, and it's uh, finally available today. It's free as well, which is nice. 
for Mac hardware, of course. It's not, you know, licensed to, to go on non-Mac hardware. But I'm not charging for it. Um, there's not really a lot to say about it. We've sort of covered some of it, um, you know, earlier. But I, I just wanted to mention that, hey, it's out now. The one thing I do like is they finally, and I was wondering whether we're going to do this, they finally unified the, uh, the window control buttons in the top left corner. So you've got your close, your minimize, and your full screen. Whereas before you used to have close, minimize, Maximize and then full screen was on the top right, which kind of made no sense because it was on the other side of the. Oh, that's awesome. Do you know what I find really interesting? iOS and OS 10 are starting to inch closer together. And what I find really interesting is that now with Windows 10 about to be released at pretty much well the same time, could we see a convergence between OS 10 and Windows 10? Well, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was seen in Windows, and you had me there. Dustin's <laughs> looking at me across the table. I know, yeah. but I am being serious. Windows 10 is in beta right now. Microsoft Windows yeah. 10. So, here you go. I was 10 in Windows. You know what? I, you, look, you may laugh, and I know you said that tongue in cheek, but years ago, when OS X first came out, so we're talking about 99, I think, around that time, 2000. OS X. Yeah, OS X. Oh, it was called Next. Uh, no, no, no. It, well, they bought that, but that was back in 97. Right. So in, uh, when jobs came back. But I think when OS 10 was released back in 2000, uh, in 99-ish, around there, and it was, for the first time, for the Mac, it was on a, lim- uh, on a sorry, uh, a BSD base. Mm-hmm. I predicted, quite wrongly, I predicted that Microsoft would do the same thing, that they would move their Windows platform to a BSD sort of sub-layer, you know, on top of a BSD sublayer, and then we'd soon get machines that could run both Windows and Mac on the same. You know, that, that was completely way out. Well, we had and it the, never happened. We had the Power PC back in the day, which was a dual booting, like switchable um, computer, wasn't it? Didn't it have? Did it have oh, no, no, those are, the, the, yeah, you're talking about the Power Max that yeah. had. A Power PC chip and a yeah. um, Intel. Yeah, they had a separate logic board. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, but uh, uh, isn't OS X running on an Intel uh, architecture right now? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been on Intel for years. Right. Yeah, and Windows didn't change like DOS, so that DOS isn't really. I don't know what the official underlying layer is now, but it's not really DOS. No, it's been that. I think since in the NT series, it hasn't yeah, hasn't been. But yeah, you're right. Earlier on, it was uh, DOS was an. Um, oh, sorry, Windows was an app, a DOS application. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, that's way back. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so there you go. OS ten Yosemite. It's out now. If you're a Mac user, you got some Mac hardware. So, so what's you your favorite upgrade. parts, there, Ed? Like, given that you've well, played beta, a lot of it's cosmetic. That, well, that's the point. When you say it's mostly cosmetic, I think that's what they're really talking about in terms of inching closer together with with regard specifically to the fundamental changes in, what was it, OS, uh, iOS in 7. iOS 7, yeah. yeah. They, they brought, yeah, they have. They brought uh, that sort of look and feel to the OS. Mm. Uh, but, you know, Apple have always said that they're never going to, uh, bring those two operating systems together and I think that's the right oh, choice they, they shouldn't do I no, mean they're, no. they're to serve two fundamentally different platforms oh, exactly. Microsoft's proved that that's a terrible yeah, idea exactly I was yeah. just going to say that Microsoft made that very mistake and uh, I think I, they, yeah, no, I don't agree with that I mean, I've been using Windows 8 for some time now, and I... And You're one of these, you like context, Metro, don't you? You I, like Metro. I like Metro in the context of when it's used. And if it's used on uh, mobile devices, or like a tablet, then that's the right context for it, because it's used for a touchscreen device. Yeah. But when you're using it as a, as a PC, then it's different. But then if you've been using it long enough, you know the shortcuts, 
and that goes for any operating system and then it becomes easy to use. It's just a little bit of training because it's slightly different. Yeah, but the fact that they've brought back the start menu, doesn't that tell you that people wanted that? So it, it, tells, in- it tells me people didn't know how to adapt to the start screen. I mean, I don't use no, the start, I don't use the start menu at all. I don't use it at all. But a lot Even of people do. And just because we choose to use it doesn't mean that we haven't adapted. It just means we don't like that. Why should we have to go through five clicks to do something instead of two? You don't have to go through five clicks. Yeah, like, that's uh, the thing. You, you, you bring up the charms menu or you just go yeah, down to the bottom corner know, and boom, away you go. I, but this is a discussion about iOS and OEC. Justin doesn't want to lose his argument, so he's going to move us on. The point that I was trying to make a little earlier, though, is that with regard to the cosmetic changes, that's really what it's all about. There is a, there's a name, there's a, and I forget what it is, I wish I knew what it was, but a friend of mine told me about it a little while ago, for the type of icons and iconography that they're using in OS, iOS 7, yep. and in Metro, and that's starting to be adapted in Android is specifically around that type of look and feel. So bringing that into OS 6, into a full desktop operating system, that's, that's clearly a shift in the psychology of users and the, uh, user interaction and how the users interact with the PCs and that's I think what they're really talking about here anyway uh, let's talk about some battery technology now we've been saying for a while that battery technology is lacking we we, we really don't get the range out of uh, electric vehicles that we sh- really need we don't get the length you know the, the duration and uh, smartphones and smart watches you know having to charge them every day it's just ridiculous I mean but remember back in the days Guys, are these um, dumb phones? I'm just holding one up here. Yeah, um, yeah they last, you know, ten. Some, if you're lucky, you, you got one that lasted two weeks on standby. But yeah. you know, ten days was fairly standard. And now we we, we sort of gone backwards in that respect. We've, well, we've all, I think on the whole we've gone forwards, but in, in the battery part of things we've gone backwards. So they no, do- no, no, that's not fair to say that because the uh, the dumb phones that you hold that you were holding up. Uh, fundamentally different again for, to the smartphones that we're using today. And bear in mind too that the smartphones that we use today, like your your Apple iPhones, your um, Samsung devices, your HTC One, whatever they are, are really PCs running a near full operating system. Absolutely, but what, I guess what I'm saying, they've gone backwards relative to everything else. In other words, everything's marched forward, batteries hasn't. Battery no, no, technology no. stayed uh, the same. The battery life has, no, battery technologies hasn't gone backwards. What's happened is that the consumption of power because of the, the processes and the operating system and the, and the multi-threaded things that are happening on the device. Those dumb phones, all they did, they were just a phone. Yeah, that's ex- but that's exactly what I'm saying. Battery technology has remained stagnant. So with right. respect to everything else, right. it's gone backwards. Is right. With respect but to... But it's almost not a valid difference. argument because it's kind of like saying, you know, when you put normal petrol into a Lamborghini, it only goes for 20k, so there must be a problem with the petrol. And it's like, well, no, the petrol's the same across the board. It's, the problem is that you can't compare a Lamborghini to a Prius. Yeah, but look, let's face it. The battery technology we have today has is not... It, yeah. But more importantly, it's not sufficient. Yeah. It doesn't meet yeah. our needs. Yeah, that's that's, 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 the kind of, that's the point I'm trying to get across. Maybe I should have said that from the start. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, research, but here's some good news. Researchers have apparently developed a new lithium-ion battery that has uh, a lifespan. Now, this is not... Don't, don't confuse this with standby time, but it has a lifespan of, they reckon, over 20 years and charges within minutes. You can get a 70% charge within something like two or three minutes, uh, two or three minutes, which is really impressive. That's groundbreaking compared to what we have today. Mm. And, you know, these days they only last a couple of years. 
before you have to you know throw and them most out. Most of the batteries that do charge that quickly don't last very long at all. Yeah, it's usually usually one or yeah. or the other. Yeah, exactly. See, this is we've been talking about um, fundamental changes in battery technology for many years, and I think it was maybe 2011 when uh, lithium-ion batteries or a new technology for lithium-ion allowed us to even give a warranty for a for a laptop battery, for example, that lasted three years. So up until then. The warranty for the device might have been three years, but for the battery, it was always only for one year. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So now that's changed now, and they've they've got new technology called long life batteries. Well, it's not new; it's been around for three years now, which meant that the battery itself could last as long as the as the device. And that meant, and what they mean by lasting three years is that you could have a, you know, seventy to hundred percent charge each full charge cycle for at least three years before it would drop off dramatically and become useless. Oh, we've, all, yeah. we've all had those yeah. laptops where you can't oh, unplug them because yeah. there's yeah. no battery left in them. Some of us inherit laptops <laughs> like that. Yeah, I've got two at home, actually. Two sitting at home just like that. Yeah. But now what, what we're seeing here is fantastic. This is a battery with a lifespan of 20 years. That's what they say. They expect yeah. it to, to be 20 years before it starts to, you know, drop I, off. I wonder if it'll hold the charge, uh, not while well, it's not in use, Better as well. No, so, that's what they mean. Yeah. If it's got a lifespan of twenty years, it'll hold a full uh, full charge for that period of time before it drops off. Well, no, 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 this, no, no, no. Ben's talking about within per cycle, aren't you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, like, no, I mean, so if you charge it and then put it away in mm. a drawer, and then you go back to it in two years' time, will it have, you know, a, oh, a relatively yeah. full charge? Most batteries would have they would have dissipated by oh, that time. I think it would have dissipated, but it, it, what it means. But I wonder is that if because it lasts so long, maybe. Maybe that addresses that problem mm. as well. Maybe they're related. Mm. Ben uh, speculating perhaps we'll see some other, you know, improvements other like benefits. that. Yeah, yeah other yeah. benefits, which would be neat. And, you know, this sort of technology, I mean, once we get that into, you know, smartwatches, smartphones and so on, I mean, they're going to be so much more useful. Yeah, especially I mean, with a quick charge. For watches and, and even maybe phones, I think we need like biometric charging, like either through getting through the Movement. body rhythms or through or, movement. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that's when I think we'll see major changes in that regard. But it's the it's the vehicles though. I mean, you read the very last thing on the on this article in particular, and they're talking about having the capability to quickly and fast charge a car. And I, and I never even thought about that. The the mm. electric vehicles to date. I mean, how long do they take to charge? And if we're talking about taking two minutes to charge to seventy percent capacity, just imagine that you could you yeah. could literally drive in, plug in, unplug. And drive out. That's quicker than getting petrol at a petrol station, that's right. isn't it? Well, or about the same. It, well, that's right. It's, it's yeah. comparable now. Yeah, yeah. And as you mentioned, um, Justin, these this battery technology is, in fact, I think, earmarked for vehicles, mm-hmm. as you said. So, that's and prob- it's not to forget too the environmental impact on these as well. Because if you've got a battery now that lasts for twenty years instead of a battery that only lasts for one year, and lithium ion is. Now, what is it, a hazardous material? Are there hazardous materials in them and do they have to be disposed of in a particular mm-hmm. way? So will they cut costs that way? If you can cut costs in any in any format, in any way at all, then the, the price of the devices should come down. Yeah. Um, yep. And the source material seems cheaper and safer as well. Oh, that's right. Titanium dioxide. Titanium dioxide. So what are they saying? Something like it, it can support up to 10,000 cycles, whereas yeah. most batteries these days are around the 500 to 1,000 if you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, so all around looks pretty good. I don't know what the, uh, 
what the uh, trade-off is. There doesn't seem to be one uh, as far as I've read. It seems to be all positive. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well done, Justin. Thank you very much. Uh, Bitcoin. Now, here's, this is an interesting story. We covered this a while ago on this very podcast. It was all over the, you know, the, the news at the time. A guy by the name of Dorian Nakamoto a while ago was apparently outed as the inventor of Bitcoin. But he's been saying vehemently, no, it's not me. I didn't invent this. But for some reason, he's been, you know, people think he is it. I mean, well, since he's, he's been tarred with that name. Well, I shouldn't say tarred, but he's been given that credit incorrectly. But has he, has he created something else or like why? Like, has he created the, you know, the algorithm that then led Bitcoin to be possible? Or is there a relationship I, between look, the two? I forget how it all started, but according to him, he never even heard of Bitcoin mm-hmm. and, until this thing came up. So the latest is, is that he's now going to sue the magazine that made these uh, allegations. The thing is, it, doesn't it seem a bit odd that <laughs> it's sort of backwards? I mean, someone's crediting him with something, which is not right, and he's having a hard time trying to disassociate with Bitcoin has a very negative connotation with like as being a black black market currency and a black market an alternate currency yeah yeah and uh, I think that's probably like you know say you got say you were credited with creating the BitTorrent protocol which is a fantastic protocol like what it does is amazing but it has such negative connotations that that might be Taken as a negative thing. Yeah, okay. So I, ne- that, I never thought of it like that, actually, but I think you're right. That's probably why he wants to, you know, clear his name, if you like, for lack of a better term. But yeah, he's, he's saying, no, it, is, it really is not me. And he's gonna, he's, he's initiated a lawsuit. They're also taking collections for the lawsuit if you want to donate, but, um, I'm sure you can find that online. And we're rapidly getting to the end of the uh, episode. I've got one story left to table, and that is the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you, did you, either of you watch the Apple keynote. I I watched this particular uh, uh, this segment. Okay, this segment. so 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 this I forget the name of the company, but there's a couple of guys there demoing uh, some of the latest stuff they've built uh, for iOS, optimized for the uh, iPads, the new iPads, and. One demo in particular stood out because of the guy sort of balls up a little bit. He, so there's, there's two of them. One's narrating, you know, directly to the audience while the other one is driving the iPad whose screen is uh, visible to the, uh, to the audience. And he's putting together a video of a Utah road trip. So the guy on the, you know, on the iPad is supposed to be typing Utah road trip as the title that gets overlaid. And he does a typo. I think he tries to type Utah to spell Utah, U-T-A-R. Oh, see, I thought it was the IT's road trip. And it was an IT department that yeah, had gone yeah, on the exactly, road trip. Exactly, exactly, oh. because autocorrect turned it into its, IT apostrophe S, and from then on, it's it's, it's road trip. So, so all the other demos, he does a series of, you know, demos with the same footage and the same title it's, he's punched in, and it's forever, it's road trip. Which I, I thought was... You well, it's know, great that the IT department goes on road trips together. It's fantastic. <laughs> you think that the narrator, if he was smart, would have changed that on the fly, wouldn't he? he would have yeah. Said, you know, yeah. It's the IT's road trip. So, yeah, that kind of is doing the rounds on the internet, people having a bit of a laugh. Yeah. I think why the people are having a bit of a laugh, really because of the facial expressions that this guy pulls when it gets... When it's incorrectly... Uh, typed up on the on the screen in front of everybody, 
And it is certainly, I mean, it's when I first looked at it, all I could think of was he thought, what a piece of work this particular piece of software is if it can't get Utah right. And then at the same time, I looked at it a few minutes later and I thought, actually, no, he's saying what a idiot I am for spelling Utah, U-T-A-R. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he can say, and I think the, the, from the way I see it too, he, he kind of throws his hands up a little bit like, okay, I give up. Well, whatever. It's, it's, it's now, it's road trip instead of Utah, Utah road trip. <laughs> and it's unavoidable because it just keeps coming up. It's yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you see it successfully. Uh, we'll post, tell you what, we'll post a link to the video on our show notes. What I like best is that despite the fact it clearly says it's road trip, his partner there keeps talking about the Utah road yeah, trip. Yeah, Utah. <laughs> Someone should put their hand up. Excuse me. What, what's, so what's the it's road trip? <laughs> and is that, yeah. Uh, yeah, the reaction is priceless. You have to watch it. So uh, check the video out on our website under episode 300. The, uh, the link's there in the show notes. And you know what? We've just completed our 300th episode, which is a milestone for us. Yeah, 300. We've covered a whole bunch of stories. In fact, I'll tell you what, I'll give you some stats. Over the episodes, we have covered 172 hours of audio. If you play this, the 300 episodes back to back, you get 172 hours. We have covered and one. And if someone does that, please write in and let us know how it was. <laughs> like, how was that seven day experience? Maybe the guy with the internet addiction could do that. Binge listening, binge, binge yeah, podcasting. Yeah, yeah, addiction to it. podcasting. Uh, we have covered 1,782 topics. That's a lot of topics. Do you know, if you disregard this particular episode yep. and only counted the last 299, that counts to 1,776 topics covered. 1776 was the year the US declared independence. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You can borrow my, my tinfoil bodysuit anytime you want. <laughs> what about 172 hours? What does that signify? 127 hours, which was the guy who had the boulder fall on his arm. Do you know the, what? There was that movie, 127 oh, hours. Oh, is that what it's called? Well, yeah. There is a website, did, um, and it lists all the numbers from one to, I don't know how far it goes, but it goes a long way, and each number has something special about it. Like, two is the smallest prime and it's the only even prime three is the i can't remember four is the first square root of a of a number other than one or something like that sorry square not square root and so on and every number pretty much has something unique about it really yeah it's significant so so you don't know how high it goes no just uh, it goes up a lot i no I, I, I mean a lot being 50 or a lot being a million i don't know three digits i think maybe more oh. Maybe three or four digits? Can't be something like that. So every number is special in its own way. Wow. <laughs> I can't see your <laughs> So that's it. That is episode 300 pretty much wrapped up. And Justin, I can't believe you're actually here because so many times I try to get you in the studio or on Skype and there is no Justin. Oh, it's difficult to come along. It's, it's the thing. Well, we got you here now. You, maybe, know, you know what we should do? One, he's here. We should do episode 301 and 302. I was just thinking, maybe if we paid him a Bitcoin, he'd come more often. <laughs> <laughs> would, Look, you, would you accept that? Would you accept that, there's Justin? There's nothing wrong with Bitcoin. It's just an alternate currency. That's all it is. 
I, I don't think I've, I don't have any problem with it. But I, personally, I think there's no real need for an alternate currency if we've already got a, a government fiat currency that's uh, that's in play. And we currently have that. All we need to do is have a government that's willing to use that currency in, in the right way. Having an alternate currency is just trying to make up for a lacking in the society that already exists. And the current, like in the US, they have a, um, a fiat currency. It's the US dollar. All they need is for the government to say, right, we've got all of these things that we need to do to fix our society. Let's spend the money. Let's create the money, spend it into existence and do it. So Bitcoin is needed is what you're saying, right? But what about if you don't think your government is fair? Well, then change the government. No, let's see. The, the point I'm making here is that alternate currencies come into existence because people think there's a lack in the political system currently, which requires them to have another system of payments, another system of accounting for effort between uh, disparate groups. And we already have a currency system that we could use if, if we could just get people to use it properly. But there could also be control issues. Like if you're... If you're in a controlled area that you're not allowed to use the standard banking regulations or the banking systems that exist in that country or you're interacting with a country that your country doesn't share political borders with, mm-hmm. then maybe you do need an alternative currency that doesn't have those political ties. Oh, absolutely. Um, that, yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. Yeah. I mean, it's the only yeah. ca- well, it's the only major currency that doesn't have any political ties yeah there's no there's no there can't be any politics behind it other than how a country chooses to interact with it but see that, that comes back to a very important point then and the point that I was making is that we have a fiat currency now what fiat literally means what it actually means is by law and the only way you can have a currency by law is if it's mandated by a government so if you don't have a government or you don't have a political structure that allows you to have a fiat currency then you will have alternate currencies and alternate currencies spring up all over the place during the fall in the USSR during uh, the currency crisis in Argentina there are plenty of alternate currencies and that's where Bitcoin has its place but in a stable environment like New Zealand where we have a stable government and we don't have a collapsing economy, then I think Bitcoin's unnecessary because we already have a, a stable uh, economy that we can draw on. What about if you wanted to buy something from overseas and you didn't want to have to pay the exchange rate on it? Yeah, the you exchange rate. Are- you could buy mm-hmm. the current, the Bitcoin currency, which is exchange rate neutral effectively, and then use those Bitcoins to buy something good overseas and you don't have to worry about... Those oh, no, hang, on, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. One mistake you're making is there is an exchange rate. With the- but the exchange rate is between your... Do- like The exchange rate is more the current value of the currency as opposed to... Yeah, but you've to- had to buy... Unless you've mined it yourself, you would have had to buy Bitcoin. And so you paid... Uh, there, There is an exchange rate for it. it it's... It's like any other currency in that respect. You could the, buy the US dollars. If, the only difference is if you've mined it yourself. And all, and all you've tied up is some CPU cycles of your own computer. But it's almost as if you've bought gold or something, as opposed to buying, sure, but to that's buying the- a currency from, from a country that imposes, you know, certain taxes to currency trading or. I, I think there's no difference apart from the fact that with Bitcoin, you would have bought it, I assume from your example, you would have bought it earlier on as opposed to doing a credit card transaction over the internet where you're effectively buying that currency at the time you make your purchase. But other than that, there's still a, you know, I could have paid $10 for a Bitcoin currency today and in a year's time I might be paying $20. 
But then you're not going to. There's not going to be a component imposed by a government. There's not going to be oh, an no. exchange tax, or there's there's not going to be True. that side of the currency exchange True. that you're going to have. Absolutely. So whatever the price you pay is going to be literally the the price, the, at, the at amount time, of money yeah. that your currency will buy in that currency with whatever fees are applied. And it's sort of a, it's. It's more of a transaction than an exchange, almost. It's, yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that about taxes because there are certainly with progressive groups, there's a call for the introduction of a financial transactions tax, and uh, there's a Robin Hood tax. Actually, if you have a look at um, uh, YouTube, there's a great little video about Robin Hood tax that um, stars Bill Nye. And, uh, and it's fantastic, it's hilarious. But the whole point of the Robin Hood tax in the UK in particular is that only a, a half of a percent of a tax on all financial transactions in the UK would net enough tax wealth to do away with welfare systems, to feed all the children in all the schools and to increase uh, education throughout the, the country. And you're not going to get that with Bitcoin, is that what you're saying? No, I'm, what I'm saying is that what's wrong with it with a tax on transactions? No, there's nothing wrong, but I, I see a need for both of them. Like, I totally agree that a stable country should have a stable currency that is in use in that currency, in that country, 100% agree. But I still think there's a place for another currency beyond that. And I certainly wouldn't want to see it being controlled by the World Bank or, or some sort of, you know, pol- not even political, some sort of corporate entity. Um, yeah, it's kind of nice that it's the people's currency, really, in a way, yeah. isn't it? Well, well, see, the New Zealand dollar is the currency of the New Zealand people. And it is, because it's issued by the New Zealand government, the, well, and we it's, vote it's for the, our New the, Zealand government. It's the currency of New Zealand. Totally. But I can trade in whatever I like. I mean, if I want to start buying up a whole bunch of smartphones and start dealing in them and trying to convince people they have some value that they can exchange somewhere else, you, you that becomes get, these smartphones. You would get nowhere with it. become a, a because currency. Because in New Zealand, New Zealanders have to pay taxes to the New Zealand government in New Zealand dollars. You don't pay taxes to the New Zealand government in US dollars or in Bitcoin. So every New Zealander has at some stage to either earn or exchange wealth for New Zealand dollars in order to pay the New Zealand taxes. And who imposes those taxes? It's the New Zealand government or local bodies, uh, which is the same thing. It's New Zealand government. Yeah, but I think, and I don't want to be putting words in Ben's mouth either, but I think what Ben is saying and what I'm saying is that Bitcoin is by no means a currency that's designed or necessarily that we see taking over in a country, but being complementary. Complementary, yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I just think for economies and stable countries like New Zealand, Bitcoin's not necessary. Right, we've done two podcasts in one. We've covered some tech, we've covered some uh, currency talk. And I, I, I a think little bit that, of economics. A little yeah, economics. A touch of politics. Yeah, a touch of politics. Oh, all right. no, okay. no politics. It was all, it was all purely um, educational. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm just really amazed that we've actually got the three of us in the studio right now because, as I said before, it, it just wasn't happening, and, and we do now. And the only person we, we're missing is the most regular uh, uh, contributor. podcast contributor, other than myself, which is Brett. And uh, unfortunately, Brett couldn't make it. Well, uh, maybe for episode one. 400, we can have four people. I'm, I'm guessing at oh, episode 200, you had two people. Uh, did you actually, we probably did. We, we, we probably did. No, 100, we had... A whole bunch of people, and uh, we had some guests that came back in that, that had been on the show and said, you know, hey, congrats for re- reaching 100. But 100 is kind of a... A, a, a milestone. Yeah, a more of a But milestone. 300's not? 
Well, it becomes less significant, doesn't it? Any round number's pretty significant. I, I think it's pretty significant. 300, 300 pretty episodes. Yeah. It's a good innings. We are, of course, New Zealand's longest-running tech podcast. Let's not forget that. Which is... Uh, I guess 365 might be quite a big one, because that's <laughs> one podcast for every day of a year. As I said, there is this website that every number has a, has a special significance. Hey, on that note, I want to, yeah, no, do you want to get something in there, Justin? I was just saying, we could come into the office website 365. Let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> and promote Microsoft products. <laughs> By the way, Justin does not work for Microsoft or any of its subsidiaries. <laughs> well, no, I don't. Sort of. Oh, no, let's not go there. I'm going to wrap this, I'm going to wrap this up. Justin, I want to thank you very much for co-hosting. Thank you very much, Ed. It was a pleasure. It was great to have you along. And Ben, also, thank you very much for co-hosting. Oh, it was very tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who's being tolerant of who? And uh, look, thanks uh, all our listeners for listening. Thank you for those of, of you who have been with us since episode one. That's only been a long time. See you again next time. Until then, take care. Have yourselves a great week. Goodbye. Goodbye.